Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome back to the show this week, live on iHeartRadio. And it's just so exciting to be here with you, with my current guest, the feedback from the last two weeks shows, which um, for those of you who are waiting for the podcast, it will be up soon um, between Hurricane Irma and some other stuff I had going on at home. The recordings have not gotten up yet. So you're going to get like three recordings really, really quickly. If you're listening to this on the podcast, they're already up. So yay, Laura accomplished something over the last couple of weeks after you know, coming back from customer ser- from um, what I'm going to call my customer service failure, which is why it's so perfect that we have a longtime dear friend um, who he and I have done TV together talking about lots of things in the tech world and how um, people who had companies like ours can grow their business and change their business. And he has written the book of the year for me pretty much so far. Um, the Extra Scoop, Rediscover the Art of Great Customer Service. Um, John Maiman is on the show with us today. He has a tech company, Empowered, based out of um, Atlanta, Georgia. And he's been in this industry, the tech industry, for a really long time. The thing that John has always excelled at is customer service. And we're going to be talking today about how you can take your customer service, even if it's in the toilet, and take it to a level that gives people that extra scoop. So, John, welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here, Laura. I'm so thrilled to have the opportunity to uh, to be on the show with you and to talk with you and interact with you. You know, we've, um, we've as you mentioned, go back a long way, so it's just great to be here today. And, and what I just realized, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, I evacuated to Marietta, Georgia. Uh, see, now that's going to get you in trouble because I you came know. all the way near... You were within like 30 minutes of me, and you didn't even call me. So uh, You know, I was so concerned about getting mom out and getting us out of the hurricane and getting settled into my cousins, and I'm like, oh, my God, John lives right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to talk about what we do about that after the show. Yes, we're going to have to. I'm sure I'm going to have to pay the penalty for not yeah, giving you're you a gonna, call. Yeah, you're going to have to make that up. <laughs> and it's really funny because I did drive through Woodstock. Oh, geez. Just making it worse. <laughs> know, just making right? it worse. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to have to come back up there. But, you know, I want to talk today about customer service. And, and I want to just share a, a quick story about during the evacuation, some amazing customer service I got right in your neck of the woods. My braces cut my tongue. And it was so mm. bad on the drive up that I could barely swallow. I couldn't drink water. And, you know, it's a 10-hour drive. I was in agony, and I didn't know what to do. And I'm sitting there, and I I called my orthodontist. They're like, go get this rinse, put wax on. And it was still really, really bad to the point of extreme pain. You know, when you can't swallow, you can't eat, you can't even drink water. And uh, a friend of mine said a prayer um, she happened to just call me. I cried all over her. And she's like, let's just pray that a miracle orthodontist shows up. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, like that's going to happen. Well, I leave where I was to go back to my cousin's house. And all of a sudden it seemed like sunlight hit this sign. 
five minutes from my cousin's house and it said orthodontist. <laughs> and I pulled into their parking lot, walked in the door, and the woman at the desk said, can I help you? And I'm like, I just start crying over her, John, just like hysterically mm-hmm. crying, which as you know is not my personality. And right. I'm telling her what happened. She goes, it's okay, it's okay. And they take me into one of the rooms, put me in a chair. They file down the offending brace, give me rinse, hug me, and give me the cell phone number for the dentist, for the orthodontist. And um, and I'm going to have to post her name, and I, I want to send them a gift. And they wouldn't charge me for anything. Oh, wow. And they that said, is a great experience. Yeah, and they give me the cell phone number of the orthodontist who says, you don't need one more thing on your plate right now. Take care of you. Take care of your mother. Don't worry. If you need us, we'll take the offending bracket off. And when you get back home, your orthodontist can put the brace back on. But right now, just know we've got you. Wow. That's a, a prayer answered, and that is a, uh, a great example of, of delivering a great experience to somebody. And uh, I'm, that's a person and, a, and uh, an experience that you won't soon forget. And obviously you are evangelizing this uh, particular um, orthodontist, you know, right here on your show. So um, I think that'll pay him back in, in multiple ways. It'll pay her back. <laughs> Her back, excuse me. <laughs> and, you know, like your book where you talk about the extra scoop, um, which I want you to um, explain some more, The mm-hmm. they gave that extra scoop. You know, they didn't, after filing it down, and I was happy to pay for the the work that they did, they gave me the cell phone number. It That yeah, was the extra fantastic. scoop on top of everything, everything else. Um And is that why you wrote the book and called it The Extra Scoop? What was the reasoning behind it? Yeah, well, so, you know, I'm very passionate about um, customer service. I really am. And and that's for a couple of different reasons. You know, number one, um, you know, I'm in the IT industry. And, uh, you know, that probably doesn't have the greatest reputation for great customer service, right? So I think that for those who are not in this business, um, but maybe have experience with IT companies, they probably know, you know, that, um, you know, if they could raise their hands right now, they'd, they'd probably say, yeah, I, I don't really have a great experience with my, with, with IT companies. So for, for me, it's, it's always a, a true differentiation point, you know, um, because, you know, a lot of folks can, turn screwdrivers, install components, um, you know, but delivering a great experience is, is a, seems to be a much harder thing for folks in our industry. So uh, I'm very passionate about delivering that great experience. And, you know, more importantly, um, you know, I know how I want to be treated as a customer, Right. When I'm out and, you know, because I'm a customer too, you know, I'm out uh, as a consumer, whether I'm at a restaurant or I'm, you know, my car's being serviced or, you know, my, my cell phone company, whenever I have an interaction, you know, I, I have a certain level of expectations on how I am to be treated. So, you know, um, to, that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about customer service. But the, the title of the book's in a, kind of a funny story. And, um, I was really early in my my IT career, actually, and um, 
I had been promoted pretty quickly through through the ranks and uh, got up to a uh, pre-sales engineering role, kind of designing services. And I was headed into a my one of my first meetings um, in that role, and it was one of the largest customers um, that we had. In fact, if memory serves, it was a, a branch of the Federal Reserve. And um, I was just a nervous mess, you know, and this uh, account manager, she came up to me and, and seeing how nervous I was, she said, well, what's the matter with you? I've never seen you so sh- shaken up. And uh, I, I told her I was nervous. I really wanted to do a good job and, uh, you know, um, and, and do well by this uh, particular customer. And she w- went into a story about um, – this person serving ice cream on a street corner and uh if you you know she told the story you know kind of like you know if you go up to uh this person that's serving ice cream this ice cream vendor and you uh ask them you know for an ice cream cone and they kind of grunt at you and they slop a, a, a scoop on the cone and hand you the cone and don't even look at you and just take your money and move on to the next person versus going up to that a different ice cream vendor who smiles at you asks you how your day is going, puts an extra scoop of ice cream on the cone, tells you to have a fantastic day, and I hope to see you again. You know, obviously that's two very different experiences. And she said, you know, John, all you have to do is just give the extra scoop, and you'll do great. And I never forgot that. And I actually was telling that story to a person who was helping me, Chase Carey, uh, who was helping me during the creative process, um, you know, just kind of framing out how we wanted to approach this customer service thing. And and he said, he just blurted out. I was telling all these stories. He blurted out. I go, wait, stop. That's that's got to be the name of the book, the extra scoop. So um, we had some real fun with that, and you know how we um, talk about the extra scoop and so forth. But if you if you really you know think about um, you know what that means, what that extra scoop means, you know it, it's it's all about differentiating yourself. You know that's one thing is you know how do I differentiate myself from, you know, the guy down the street? How do I create additional value? How do I, what, what do I do so you come to me versus go to everybody, anybody else who happens to be serving ice cream? How do I get you to talk about me so that I can get additional referrals for my business? Uh, that's, you know, what the extra scoop is really all about. And um, so we, we talk about that you know, obviously uh, in the book and talk about why the customer service uh, is so important. What I got in Georgia from, uh, I I remember her name, Dr. Lori Smith Orthodontics, was that extra scoop that you were just talking about. She put that extra scoop of ice cream on the cone and gave me a literal and virtual hug so that I'm talking about it on the air. Right. That, that, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, that, here's what's, what's you know, the, the sad part of this is that, you know, as customers, we are conditioned to expect poor experiences. So, you know, you didn't drive down the road going, geez, what am I going to do? I won't find anybody to help. Or, I'm sorry, that is what you were doing. Yeah. I'm never going to find anybody to help me, right? I right. mean, there's yeah. no way that I'm going to be able to stop anywhere and anybody's going to bother to really care about me and take care of me, right? right. And, you know, obviously this is a health issue and maybe that's an, a bit of an 
an overstatement, but you know, generally as customers, we we just are conditioned to accept you know a poor experience as common, right? I mean, it's just we, we're conditioned that that's how our experience is going to be. So when we have a great experience like you had, it, it's mind blowing, right? You holy cow, what just happened? I just had a great experience because the truth is you might have one out of 10 different interactions, right? From a customer perspective. And that is, that's the real sad truth in, in the, that in all of this in customer service. And that is why I felt so, again, one of the reasons that I wrote this book is because I, I really feel like that, you know, that there, a change is needed. And if you want to really be a great company, and I even say this in the book, I, I believe in my heart that to be a great company, you have to have great customer service. And that's the perfect way to go into our first commercial bake. We'll be right back with John Maiman. So we are back with John Maiman, and um, he graciously is letting me slide with the fact that I've known him for like over 20 years and totally mispronounced his last name. So, you know what, John, I'm just going to call you Captain Customer Service from now on. I know you're a big uh, Avengers fan. I am a huge Avengers fan. That's right. So forget Captain America. You're Captain Customer Service. We have to come up with I, a whole I, theme I like song that. for you in costume. Uh, well, okay. The costume could get a little tricky, but, you know, I like the theme song idea. <laughs> I might have to get Red Palmer to write one for you. Um, he uh, owns this radio station here, and, and he just can totally riff on new songs. Maybe I'll ask him if he can do something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I'd, I'd love to hear what he could come up with. All right, I'm going to ask him, because um, that would be so much fun. So customer service, as you were just talking about, you know, you shared that, that great story. And as I was reading through the book, which, by the way, I did get the Kindle version um, because I need to get a signed copy of the of the physical one from you. But I, I dog-eared it, as you can do on Kindle with highlights and notes and, and all that other stuff. What do you think is the heart of customer service? Where does customer service start in an organization? Oh, it, it absolutely starts at the top. It has to be in the DNA for the organization. So, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, we want to deliver good customer service. But if it is, if, if that is, you know, surface level only, if it's not totally ingrained in everything you do and a part of every decision you make, then, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's likely to fail. Um, you know, it comes down to being able to hire the right people that share that same DNA. That's when you start really delivering great customer service, when, when it becomes what you're all about, right? And there, there's organizations out there that some might say, you know, well, hey, they're, a, you know, Apple, for example. I like to talk about Apple. They're a great company because they're a product innovator and they make great products. And, but I, I would contend that, you know, that makes them a good company. What makes them a great company is the experience that you have being an Apple customer. And that includes, uh, service when you have to call in for help. And I even tell a story in my, in my book about my wife who, you know, um, she's the, the poor soul in our, in our house that has to call for service to all of our various vendors, whether it's our, you know, uh, cable provider or our, you know, the bug spraying guy or whatever. Um, you know, she's the one that has to call in. And when she has to call Apple, 
um, she she routinely tells me what a great experience she had. And one day, and this was after she had a few bad experiences with some other providers. You know, she, we were sitting at dinner, and she's like, I, she said to me, "I would never," and I'm just paraphrasing here, but I would never own anything but an Apple product. If Apple makes it, I'm buying it because every time I deal with them, I have a great experience, and they make me feel great. And that is the answer to your question. That is that is what the, the why customer service is so important. Because to again to be a great company, you have to have great customer service, and that engenders loyalty, right? When you have a great experience, that engenders loyalty. And in this day and age, you know, customer loyalty is fleeting at best. Right, so I have way I got all kinds of options at my fingertips. Um, I got plenty of places I can choose to eat. I got plenty of places I can get my car repaired. I got plenty of places I can, or manufacturers I can buy a cell phone. I got you know all these different choices, but to be truly a loyal customer, I have to have that great experience with you, and then I, there's a good chance I will never go anywhere else. So that that's the the number one thing, and, and it has to be in the in, as I say in the DNA of the organ of the organization that cust- the customer comes first. It doesn't matter what it costs. I want that customer to have a great experience, and I would throw Amazon out there too. You know, people would say, "Well, Amazon, you know, it's like you know, you can buy anything you want and get it in two days if you're a Prime member." But Truly, it's the experience. It's what happens after you push the order button and if you ever have to call in. And even if they don't sell you the product, there's a real good chance that, you know, if you have a problem, they're going to take care of you anyway. And I share a story or two about that in the book as well. So um, it, it really has to be the the very fiber of an organization in order to, you know, to truly do, deliver a great experience. You share a lot of powerful real life stories in in the book that really chart out that whole heart of customer service. I, I find it fascinating that your wife is a total Apple nut. You know, she's she's bought the Kool Aid, and I'm a huge fan of Apple, but I don't use it for my computers because I'm I'm a Windows geek, right? That mm-hmm. our company, your your company, your tech company, mostly deals with uh, PC based computers, correct? That's right. But, That's right. But this is what's fascinating. You fill that gap in the service for the products you're selling. That's correct. So yeah. how, how does somebody that, you know, you're using a product and you know that this is the right product for them, but they're, the company's customer service isn't good. How do you incorporate that into your own business without making it so cost prohibitive that you can't survive? Yeah, so, well, one of the things that, and this sort of requires a little bit of, of definition about who we are and what we are, uh, you know, at, at, a, at our very core, we become the IT department for our customers. And we don't, we don't say, sorry, we don't do that. Sorry, you have to go somewhere else to buy that. Um, they certainly are welcome to do that. They have that option. But we will truly provide them just about anything technology-wise that they need, any service, any product. And my, our, our role in, as their IT department is not to 
you know, force them down one particular path or another. Our, for, our, our goal is to give them options and, and let them know here's, you know, the different risks and the different rewards associated with the different op- options that you choose, and we'll support you any way you go. So that's, what they're, that's why they deal with us from an exper- experiential perspective. You know, we're the one throat to choke, so to speak. And if, if, we were, if they're using Microsoft-based products um, and, you know, they, they want good customer service, um, they can call us directly, and we, we step into that breach and fill that gap for them. Um, and that's, that's why we're in business is to deliver that great experience. It's such a hard line, fine line, actually not really a hard line, but a fine line to balance for a lot of businesses. And we're going to be going into the the national news break in in just a moment. And I'd like my listeners to think about a couple of things that John just talked about. Number one, I want you to think about how can you create a truly memorable customer service experience for your customers today, now? Consider tweeting that out to us. We, John and I would love to hear your thoughts on creating a truly memorable customer experience. You can find us on Facebook or um, Twitter at the Laura Stewart, or you can even email me, Laura at LauraStewart.com. Or if you are having a customer service issue and you're not sure how to handle it, let us know. Even after the show from the podcast and, and John, are you on board for this? If somebody's having a customer service issue they don't know how to fix, let's get them talking to you and to to me, and let's see if we can give them some steps to take. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Excellent. absolutely. John's book is The Extra Scoop, Rediscover the Art of Great Customer Service, and we're going to be talking to him for quite a bit longer, another half an hour after the news break. Um, I'm nicknaming him Captain Customer Service. Tell us your customer service stories. We'll be right back with more from John Mammon. We are back live on iHeartRadio, or perhaps you're listening to this on the podcast. We have over six people in 60 countries around the world listening to this show every single week, either live or on podcasts. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all my listeners from around the world. I would love to know, and I'm sure my guest, John Mammon, Captain Customer Service himself, would love to know customer service situations around the world. Wouldn't that be fun to kind of start gathering some of that? Um, you oh, have you have a Twitter I, I, handle, right? Just for this kind of stuff. Yes, I do. Um, and you you um, have sort of put me on the spot here because I, I never remember it. But I will tell you, you can um, send your customer service stories to uh, at my extra scoop. Um, and um, if you are a company and you want to share um, some uh, customer service initiatives that you have done, you can do that at, at Share Extra Scoops. That's, that's perfect that you're doing that. So the book you wrote is called The Extra Scoop, Rediscover the Art of Great Customer Service. And I just want to tell you, his name was Cy. He owned the Texaco gas station on Tuckahoe Road in Yonkers, New York. <laughs> and, you know, I'm 54 years old now. We moved to Yonkers when I was three years old. That was a gas station my dad always went to. I remember the lines in the 70s with the, the gas crisis and everything. And I'm like, Dad, you never seem to pay when we go to the gas station. And it's because he had an account. And they just trusted that he would pay it every month. And when I learned to drive, Dad said, just go there and fill up the car and I'll pay the gas bill. And 
they took care of everything. Why do you feel, and you talk about this a lot in the book, where did that go, that customer service? And what can people do now to recapture some of that? Or do we need to? Is it something different now? Well, you know, I talk a little bit in the book about the, you know, where did it go? Like, you know, what, what happened, right? Because with that, that was a different time and a, and a different era. And it, you know, um, it was a different, it almost, you know, it would seem to be a different set of values. And so I talk about the different influences that may have, um, you know, that may have affected, uh, how customer, uh, how companies deliver customer service and, um, how, um, we perceive our experience as a customer. So, uh, and there are several different things that, that can have that, that impact, um, or that may have had that impact. They may have all worked together. But, you know, the, the, the more important question you asked was, is, you know, do we need to get back to that? And, and I absolutely would, you know, stand on the tabletop, jump up and down and say, we absolutely do need to get back to delivering that customer experience. And, and it's not that nobody does it, because there are companies out there that are doing it. It's that most don't. Right. And, you know, one of the most important principles that I talk about in the book is, you know, these things that we talk about and how here's some things you can do to improve customer service. They don't cost a whole lot of money. Right. In many cases, you know, they're free. It's it's you know, delivering customer, you know, good customer experience, delivering good customer services rooted in good old fashioned values and attitudes. It's about wanting to deliver that great customer experience. You know, if we just take one, one of the chapters in the books, whatever happened to good manners, right? Well, it doesn't cost a lot to, to, you know, be polite, right? It doesn't cost anything. And yet, you know, when you, in your different experiences as a consumer, you find yourself, you know, in scenarios all the time. If you were to be polled after the fact, was that person polite to you that delivered your service? Yeah, most of the time, the majority of the time, you probably are going to say, not really. You know, so that, that's, you know, these are not expensive things that you can do to really enhance the customer experience. It doesn't cost anything in the front side of a transaction to say, hey, as I start to pull up your account here, how's your day going? What's going on in your life? Um, and at the end of the transaction, hey, I hope you had a great experience with me. Is there anything else that I can do to help you today? You know, that that kind of, that just the voice inflection, the, the genuineness of it, um, and just asking those questions, those are all free things you can do. And and it enhances your customer service uh, model and your customer service, your customer's experience. Okay. My listeners are out there right now going, I don't even know if I'm delivering great customer service. I think I am, but I'm not sure. So what can they begin to do? What questions that can they begin to ask to help them measure and determine where they need to improve or how they're doing? Well, uh, we talk about that in, in the uh, last section of the book, and, and we talk about this uh, strategy, and I just kind of, you know, because uh, I'm in the IT industry, right, everything's an acronym. So we came up with IPEM, I-P-E-M, and that's to identify, plan, execute, and measure. So, you know, 
whether or not you think you're delivering great customer service, the key is that you always want to improve. There's a, there's a, it's a, a Six Sigma term called Kaizen, right, which is, you know, small continuous improvement. And these organizations that we've kind of already talked about, organizations like Apple and organizations like Amazon, and there's, there's others, you know, they don't rest on their laurels and go, oh, we're delivering great customer service now. They are constantly evaluating the experience that they are delivering. And it's actually so in their DNA, it like all factors back into their service design and their product design too. Right, so it's a it's a constant evaluation process. It is, um, it's continuous. It's not something that you just do one time. So I would say that even if you think you're delivering great customer service, if you're not constantly evaluating how you can be delivering an even better experience, then you're probably not delivering great customer service, right? Because things start to, you know, erode, you know, people start to take things for granted and there's other, the markets and, and, and whatever it is that you do are always changing. So, you know, and you have lots of competition out there. Everybody does. So you have to constantly be evaluating how you're doing it. So my, I would say if there was one answer to your question, you know, it would be to implement a regular uh, routine where you are, you know, constantly on some kind of a meeting rhythm evaluating how you're doing in customer service. And, you know, it, it, the questions that you're asking and the things that you're looking at are going to be somewhat specific to your industry, but you need to make sure that you're asking all the right people, not just one set of people. You, you know, customer surveys are great, but how about, you know, take, you know having somebody have the job uh, with a manager title that actually calls somebody back on the phone, for example, and says, hey, do you got two minutes for me? I just want to ask you about your experience today. So having asking the customers, obviously, they're number one. What are we doing well? What would you um, want to see us doing? One of the questions I ask in my regular reviews with my customers is, if there was one thing that you can change, what would it be? And they don't get to say, I wouldn't change a thing. I always press them to say, give me one thing that we could get better at. And I would encourage everybody to take that same attitude, right? And just tell me, tell me how I can be better because I want to be better. So you want to be asking the customers those, those kinds of questions. You also want to be asking your, your frontline staff, right? If, if, if you're assuming that you're hiring, assuming first of all that it's in your DNA and you're hiring to your DNA, then you want to be asking your staff, hey, what aren't we doing that we could be doing? What's frustrating you? What's keeping you from delivering a great experience to that customer? What processes do we need to change? What do we need to buy? What do we need to implement? What, what is it that can get you to a place when you hang up the phone with the customer or you, you know, return from the, an on-site visit with a customer? What, what would make you go, man, I was able to deliver a great experience today. Nothing was in my way. So, you know, and there's other, obviously, other areas of the organization. Your sales organization, you know, can give feedback from uh, potential customers. There's, you need to have representatives from different areas of the business that you're regularly meeting with and talking with um, about the customer experience that you're delivering. And I would say on a, that's proactive. On a reactive basis, 
um, you need to have regular lessons learned discussions. So one of the things that we we do is if you know there is a because nobody's perfect. You're going to have situations where you fall down. You don't deliver the experience you had intended to. So in those scenarios, you want to do a, a kind of a lessons learned. You want to pull together. Um, you know, at some time after you know all the emotions have calmed down and you know everything's kind of the dust is settled. You want to sit down and say, okay, what happened here? Let's let's talk about exactly what transpired and identify where we failed. Was it a process? Was it one of our one of the tools that we use? Was it a scenario that we hadn't you know anticipated previously? You know, put yourself in a position to objectively identify where your service failures do come in, and that way you can you can learn from those and take. Um, reactive measures to try to correct them for future. You said so many things in that one segment that have me thinking in a lot of different places. And I just want to sort of summarize it for a couple of people because there's so many important points that even could be tweeted out. I can't tweet while I'm on the show. It's just too hard. I like to focus on my guests. But you said that customer service extends into your own organization as well. So as the owner of the company, your staff, no matter what their role is, is your customer. So you need to make sure you're providing them great customer service as well. That is so often forgotten. Everybody thinks the customer is just who you sell the product to. That's absolutely true, Laura. You know, um, and frankly, our, our, our number one core value is to deliver a great experience to everybody we deal with. So, you know, that, that's customers, of course, right? But it's not just the customers. It is our team. Um, it's our partners. It's our vendors. Um, it, and, and likewise, I expect the same from those folks, you know, to deliver a great experience for me when I'm dealing with them, whether that's a partner, a vendor, or an employee, uh, right? It, and, and we're going to so go into it, our, our last commercial break as we're talking about that. We'll be right back with John Mammon. John, the other thing I wanted to summarize from the last segment, other than that everybody we come in contact to that you talked about, you need to provide exceptional customer service to. You know, I include the UPS guy, the mail person, the whoever delivers stuff to you. But you mentioned that the manager, somebody at a higher level of an organization, should be making the calls and checking on, on customer service. And that is different from what a lot of other people do, right? They just hire some company to go in or they send out a survey for SurveyMonkey, which is fine. But why do you believe that it's so important for a management level person to be checking on this? Well, there's, there's a couple reasons. The first is that the, you know, that manager is, you know, not going to be necessarily reading from a script, right? Um, you know, if you hire an outside organization, and I'm not saying that that's, there's not value in that, right? But for me, you know, an outside organization, you know, they're going to read the five questions. Hi, I'm calling on behalf of so-and-so, or maybe they even, you know, use your name that, you know, then, and suggest that they work for you. But they're, they're going to go down and, you know, on a scale of one to ten, tell me what you think about this, and they're going to go through that. Whereas, you know, a manager properly chartered, is going to be able to, you know, 
you know, empathize with those folks. You're going to be able to communicate and hear firsthand, you know, what transpired or, or what that feedback might be and interact with that person right on the spot. So, you know, that, that means a lot for not just for that manager to be able to do it, but for the customer too. Because think about that for a second, right? If I'm answering a survey versus somebody taking time out of the day to call me and ask me how my experience was, what does that tell me as the customer? If a manager thought it was important enough to pick up the phone and give me a call, and just ask me how my transaction went. Does that, does that not say to the customer, I must be pretty important to them, right? So, and, and we talk about that in the book a little bit too. What am I saying to my customer without even trying, right? And so if, if I'm, I'm sending you a survey to, you know, to fill out, and thanks for your feedback, and again, I'm not saying there isn't a certain amount of value in those, but how many of, the, of us really fill those surveys out unless we're mad, right? We, right? we don't may not give even genuine feedback in some cases. Uh, I might fill it out real quick because I have the chance to win some, a $10, you know, something, something, right? Versus, you know, a person that, that actually took time to call me. What those stats says two very different things to me as a customer. So you're, you really, you know, are interested in my feedback, but you were only so interested that you sent me a survey versus, you know, a person who actually can do something with the information that I'm giving took time out of the day to call me. That just tells me two different things. That pretty much answers a, a question that you pose in the book that I highlighted, because you know me, I'm all about the questions. Mm-hmm. You said, are you intentional about a positive customer experience? Not just do you want one, but are you intentional about a positive customer experience? That's interesting phrasing. Why that question? Because I think that, and I, you know, we talk about this again throughout, but, you know, are you, are you actually make, taking action and making something happen with the thought in mind that this is going to enhance my customer's experience? It's going to, it's going to give them additional value. Um, again, we, we talk a lot. There's a lot of organizations that talk about, yeah, customer service is ex- important to us, but are you real? Is it really? You know, that's my question. Is it, is it really, you know, important to you? And do you, you know, you might think you're giving it, but you, that's one of the things you open the show with is, you know, many people might think they're giving it, but maybe they're not sure. Well, you know, if you're intentional, you're sure. You're, you're sure that you're at least trying to deliver a great customer experience because it's what you wake up every morning to do. Right. And it, it, again, it gets back to that whole DNA thing. It gets back to, you know, when my feet hit the floor, my number one mission isn't to sell three things, um, right to sales orders. It, it is to, to deliver a great experience to my customers. Every person I touch today, I want to deliver a great experience. That's intent, right? It's not an, a customer serve, great customer service doesn't happen by accident. You know, you can muddle through with some processes and things like that, um, you know, and, and have a, a banner on the wall that our customers are important to us and things like that. But great customer service does not happen by accident. You have to be, um, and this gets back to another thing in the book, all in or not in on it. You have to be intentional about it, and then you can be grab, deliver great customer service. It's like Dr. Lori Smith and her staff in, in Marietta 
with my orthodontic emergency, you could tell it was in their DNA. It was intentional that everything they do is about that. And it wasn't just the crisis. The way they reacted was so instinctual. It, it, to help me out, it was in their DNA. And that's what you're talking about, right? That's exactly, that's exactly right. And here, you know, here's the thing, you know, and we can all do this as a, as a consumer too, right? When you walk in and have whatever, wherever this place is, you know, your dentist, you're, again, you're a restaurant, um, you know, a retail staff, whatever it is, when you walk out of there, just ask yourself as a consumer, is there any reason that I would not go anywhere else? Is there any reason that I would, that, you know, anything compelling happen that I would come back to this place again? And I, I really believe this, that if people answer that honestly, most of the time the answer is going to be no. So now as a business owner or somebody in the business, ask yourself, when my customer leaves or my customer is done with my transaction, is there anything that is going to compel them to go, I wouldn't go anywhere else. I'm coming right back here. I can't wait to come back again, right? And one of the things we talk about, one of the extra scoops in the book is – how your customer feels when that when the transaction is over, when the engagement is over, whatever that might be, that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. When they when they're done talking to you in that particular instant or that purchase or whatever it might be, well, how they're feeling, that's all that matters. When they walk out the door, am I coming back? Because I, I can't imagine going anywhere else. That was such a great experience. All right. As we're coming to the end of the show, I want to make sure people know how to reach out to you and get a copy of your awesome book, The Extra Scoop, Rediscover the Art of Great Customer Service. So how do people reach out to you uh, to get assistance, run some stuff by you, or just ask you questions and get your book? Yeah, so um, there, there's one place you can get all that information. It's extrascoops.com. That's a plural with an S on the end. And uh, you can order the book on that site. Um, you can see some different blog, the most recent blog posts. You can, um, you can, uh, you'll see contact information there, how to reach out to me. And uh, I, I welcome any feedback that anyone might have or any questions that they have. We're, we're here to help. And remember, reviews are important as well for authors with the book. So if the book is a good experience for you when you read it, rate it, review it, because other people can find the book as well. It's up on Amazon and anywhere books are sold as well. John, quickly, last thought you'd like to share with my listeners? Um, you know, we talked about um, hearkening back to an earlier time. You know, you mentioned the, your gas station memory, and I had one of those myself. But, you know, that, you know, that time, you know, but my grandfather was a blue collar person. And what that meant to me was responsibility and pride, you know, a level of responsibility and pride that he took in his job. And I talk about that in the book and I'll, I'll save that for that. But, you know, every single person listening today can take responsibility and have pride in what they do to the extent that they, they take great care of customers. Not that's a, to me, that's a blue collar attitude. So, just have pride, have passion, caring. Think about what that extra scoop is that you can do, whatever the transaction is, whether it's a business transaction, a personal transaction, anything. Right, John? That's exactly right. You hit it on the head. I love it. It's like the UPS guy who delivered my first copies of my book when it came out, and he knew there was nobody else home with me, and I wasn't going to open till there was, and he took my iPhone, and he stayed there and took photos of me holding my book for the first time. He didn't have to do that, but he did. Wow. 
that's that extra that's scoop. An extra scoop. <laughs> and I go to UPS now for all of my delivery needs, anything that I'm doing. John, thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, thank you for having me, Laura. It was a, it was a great pleasure. to. Uh, I love talking about it. Yeah, and we're going to have to do some more stuff on this. Remember, everybody, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today, and who are you asking it of? Let us know what you're doing, and have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 